Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 758, recorded live on April 15th, 2023. And here are your hosts, the man who is back at work, Dave Pillay. Eh, me! And the man who is currently unemployed, Andy Lowe. Hi. Well, currently unemployed. That's that's a strong statement there, sir. I currently do not have an employer because I put my two weeks notice in two weeks ago. So my last day at Midwest Communications was yesterday. Right. And I do not start my new job yet. When do you start your new job? Uh, the uh, Monday. Monday. So between Friday and Monday, you are unemployed. Yes. Question. When you start your new job on Monday, when does the insurance kick in? I actually had, I asked um, our HR department about that because I was like, am I going to have to like <clears throat> hunker down in my house for two days for two days to make sure I don't go outside and, you know, accidentally get hit by space debris or something? Right. And um, they said, don't worry, we cover you till the end of the month. OK, so you're employed. So I'm I'm employed until the end of the year. You're employed until the end of the month. That yeah, that's sorry, that's what I meant. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, even though I currently do not work for them, I have my letter of resignation. Have you gotten your last paycheck? Yes. Are you sure it's your last paycheck? Uh, I know it's not because uh, they forgot to wait until I submitted all my mileage. So I've got about. $300 of expense report stuff. So tell me again how you're unemployed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you are responsibility free. Uh, yes, that is true. Work responsibility. Like, yes. they can't call you and say, Andy, the station went off the air. I, I can't even tell anymore because they took my email away. And that was my main notification of the silent alarms. Yep. Or silence alarms. Well, congratulations on terminating your, your your job, your career, and may you move on to bigger and better things. Yep, we uh, we shall see how this all turns out. Huzzah for Andy! Yep. Yep, I'm back at work. It's good to be back. Oh my god, I missed it. Oh my god, I probably put on three pounds this week. <laughs> the food is so good. Fuck. Like, just, like, desserts coffee like everything is just there and available and easy to get to and like oh my god it tastes so good do they have a gym nope no gyms on campus that seems a little well so here's why this is this is a conscious decision okay this is not a like oh we never thought about putting a gym on the campus like nope there are no gyms on campus lots of people have asked for them and the the response is always the same we would prefer we the company would prefer that you go into the community and support the community. So there are no gyms on campus. There are a lot of gyms near the campus, many of whom offer discounts to Epic staff. Okay. Same reason there is no daycare on campus. Because that would just be too convenient. Well, because it would like take a lot of the money out of the community. Yeah, that's true. I do have to say that's going to be the one kicker is the fact that um, one of the bonuses of Megan's daycare was the fact that it was literally just down the road from work. Mm -hmm. Like, hold on. How many how many miles was it away from work? 
Okay, that's that. And then directions and then your location. Do I still have work in as a location? I do. I need to change that. Uh, it is 1.3 miles away. From work. From work. Well, nice. from my former work. So that was that was the thing they were there. You know, if they would call me up and be like, "Hey, Megan threw up," you know, you need to come pick her up and be like, "Oh, okay, I'll be there in like, like five I'll minutes." I'll be there in like thirty seconds. Yeah. So now, now Megan is you know not near there. Well, I, I presume she's still near. Yes, there. she is still near there. I will not. She's still where she would know. Like you didn't move her daycare. No. Because you got a different job that would be highly disruptive to the child. Yes. Granted, right now she is also in a transition between the different you know room levels so mm -hmm. that's a little off but um so yeah so we're trying to figure out what you know isaac's gonna do for summer and if you know i'll have to go pick him up for that and hopefully yeah. it'll be close summer camps yep yep just a couple more months left of school mm, school's out for the summer Less than two months, I think. Yeah, yeah. Less yeah, than two April. months. Then you guys have to figure out what to do with a child. <sighs> and I looked it up just in case anybody is wondering. Kids are not allowed to be left. Well, there's no actual law in Michigan on how young a child needs to be. <laughs> but Michigan's <clears throat> Child Protective Services says their rule of thumb is 10 years mm -hmm. old. You can't leave a child who is less than 10 years old alone? Well, you, you could. But um, if Child Protective Services finds out... They they will not be happy. And if right. Child Protective Services... will be like, ah, uh, you better have a damn good explanation about what's going on here. <laughs> Kate just walked downstairs. <laughs> as, <laughs> I mean, I'm as, we're, as we are discussing CPS. Oh, fuck. What is that about? <laughs> no, no. I was. We were discussing summer camps. And Child Protective Services? Well, you have our son's summer camp up on your screen? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's the best timing ever. Oh, man. I heard her walking down the stairs and going, this is not going to look good. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. You, you okay there, Andy? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's one of those things you just hear the train wreck coming and you're just like, oh, well, there's nothing that I can do just because I'm in the middle of the conversation <laughs> and I can't just like go to Dave like, Dave, shh, because then Kate will <laughs> listen to this episode in the future and be just be like, what? <laughs> what were you talking about? Well, thankfully, I'm pretty sure no one from Michigan Child <laughs> Protective Services listens to this podcast. Um, also, I don't, I don't, don't plan. have plans to leave your no. child alone. No, I do not. You are specifically looking for camps so that you don't leave your child alone and you will have other plans in place should those camps fail. Yes. Yes, we do. You are not leaving your five no. and a half year old. All right. So we need a new topic now. <laughs> New topic. Happy Tax Day. Happy Tax Day. It is Tax Day. Yes, it is Tax Day. Well, sort of. It's it's April 15th, which is traditionally the tax day, but it's it's a Saturday. The IRS doesn't work on Saturday. Nope. So it or seems, Sunday. Or, or Friday, it seems, because it seems if it, April 15th was Monday through Thursday, then April 15th would be tax day. If the 15th falls on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, then they move it. So Right. <clears throat> if it's Friday, they move it to Monday. If it's Saturday or Sunday, they move it to Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So it's Tuesday, yep. which is good because I need to do my taxes. 
I have gotten ours done. I um, almost forgot to file our uh, state taxes. Oops. Yep, because I, I do I do uh, TurboTax, and, which has the free e-file for federal, but not a free e-file for state. State. I thought they come with one free e-file. They, they, they come with one free state <laughs> download. Oh, that's bullshit. Yes. So it's still, I would, st- if I wanted to e-file the state, I would have to pay TurboTax money for that, which I, yeah, I said, that's bullshit. Let me print off my tax pages, all, you know, four of them for the state, Yep. sign the paperwork and mail it in. And, and you know, it still gets direct deposited to my um, bank account. You know, all the numbers are still there from TurboTax. It's just I'm not paying TurboTax $25 to basically mail a letter for me. Right. So, so yeah, I had I had done the federal file and then, you know, I would go back and then normally print off the state, but I had forgotten to print off the state and I'm just in there going like, going through, like, oh, we did this. Oh, shoot. I forgot to do that. I should probably do that. Oops. Yeah. You kind of need to do both of them. I should probably, like, buy some tax software. That'd probably be a good idea. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Do I need deluxe? <laughs> that's the. That's always the question. Probably not, but it's just so much easier. Anyway, yeah. So, good, was, was leaving work, was a good... Everyone's happy, everyone's, like, that you have the right backups in place... Uh, I think so? Question mark? Nobody, nobody was sad. Well, no, you know, people were sad that I was leaving, but, you know, there were, there was not bad terms on any, you know, from anybody. And, you know, I actually still have a piece of equipment that was supposed to get mailed or was supposed to get FedExed and delivered on Wednesday. But um, the FedEx tracking numbers, as I was following it, no joke, started out in St. Louis, Missouri, then went up to Chicago then went down to Waterloo, Iowa, then went over to Cleveland, and then got delivered here in Michigan. That's a lot. Especially since it was in Chicago. Right. (laughs) It was less than 200 miles away from its delivery location, and then somehow took a U-turn and ended up in Iowa. I'm like, that's probably why it was supposed to get delivered on Wednesday, but did not get delivered until Friday after I was already done. So it's it's literally sitting in my car. I'm going to have to, you know, swing by work and drop it off. So Okay. But yeah, no, that's, uh, that is all... hopefully all all done yep that's hopefully all she wrote starting to you know delete all the photos out of my phone of equipment (laughs) you don't want to you don't want to hold on to that nope you know i'm keeping some of them and trying to you know if if it's a cool picture i'm going to keep it but a lot of the stuff is like uh, yeah i don't need the you know serial number for that box anymore no or the weird pictures of like obscene electronics that have no business being built the way they're built. Yep. God, that was that was the other fun thing on Thursday. One of the uh, one of our AM stations uh, was underpowered, and I'm like, "Well, shoot, do I leave with you know a station out of compliance, or do I try and fix it?" You know what? I'll put the backup on, and I'll tell them, and so they can fix it. And I turn on the backup, and the backup has. Another thing that's wrong, too. So I've got like two transmitters that are both sort of working. Oh, no. And I'm like, well, crap. Oh, my God. I'm okay. Okay. I'm all right. Everything's good. So I, I, you know, the main's on, but it's low power. So then I go and I fix the backup transmitter, which I have to find backup. The the bat transmitter has four power amplifiers on it. Each of them has 16 MOSFETs on there. So 16 times four. 
64? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, good. 64 MOSFETs, and I have to find the one or two of them that have failed. Um, that has that is causing the amplifiers not to work, and then I have to unscrew these MOSFETs. Don't drop the screws or the washers or the bolts or the nuts because you know small electronic, you know small metal pieces in the wrong spot could cause an arc, which would be bad. Yeah, or um, a short, or a short. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then get that <laughs> up and running, which I did. So then I switched over to the backup transmitter, and then I went to go fix the main transmitter. That one was actually a lot easier because um, I just had to find the right fuses and replace them. And then that one started working again. And I'm like, okay, good. They're both all working. Now I can actually leave. <laughs> and that was your like final goodbye? Pretty much. <clears throat> so, yep, we'll just see how the rest of this all plays out <clears throat> in the future. Okay. So, uh, in other good news, mm-hmm. uh, we finally have an update on Starship. Oh, Friday, Friday afternoon, the FAA states that after a comprehensive license evaluation process, definitely comprehensive, um, the FAA determined SpaceX met all safety, environmental, policy, payload, airspace integration, and financial responsibility requirements. And it says that the license is now valid for five years for the launching of its Starship rocket from South Texas. Yay! So, of course, as soon as so, that ha- happened, then, you know, SpaceX, you know... Kicked into high gear. Yeah, and basically put in road closures and flight restrictions for Monday. Oh, man, they, they are not fooling around. You know someone, like, they've been refining that process, like, again and again and again. And, like, someone probably has the damn thing scripted at this point. We're like, oh, FAA gave us clearance. Run prepare starship.sh. <laughs> send this, you know, send this to this person, send this to this person. Generate this email. Yep. Print out this form. So yes, the launch window is expected to open at 7 a.m. and... On Monday. On Monday. 7 a.m. on Monday. Okay. They're not going to launch at 7 a.m. on Monday. Nope. But I have a feeling... 7 a.m. which time zone? Uh, Texas. Which is central. I do believe so. Uh, 12 UTC, so noon UTC. I don't know. Andy Lowe, (laughs) do you think I know what the offset from UTC is right now? I was going to say, I think it's minus... I was going to say, I think I know what it is, but then I remember, wait a second, we're on daylight savings time right now, and that just always mm-hmm. confuses me. And are they on daylight savings right now? Oh, that's also a... Trick also... question, because UTC doesn't care. Oh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't a trick question. I actually just forgot that UTC doesn't care until after I asked. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> But you didn't catch it, so I was able to say, wait a minute. Okay, so... Are you looking at, like, what time it is in Texas? It will be 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Central. So 7 a.m. Central. I just put in, what time is it in Boca Chica into Google? And it says it's 11.09, and I'm like, wait a second, that can't be right. And it's Boca Chica, the Dominican Republic. (laughs) So apparently there's also a Boca Chica in the Dominican Republic. That's funny. But yes, Boca Chica is in the central time zone. So 7 a.m. there. I don't want to wake up at 7 a.m. to watch Starship. What jerks would do that? When does the launch window close? 
I think they have it open till midnight. That's a Do- long ass launch window. Yep. Well, <clears throat> I'll I'll be up with the kids, and then I um I think all my stuff is remote, so I could always just have a window open. Yeah, Andy, I don't think you're going to hear Boca Chica from Kalamazoo. Opening your window probably isn't going to do enough. You can't tell right now. <laughs> But I'm glaring at you. Actually, I can. <laughs> I absolutely can tell. Just mm. oh, come on! I know it was a. It good was joke. good. It was a good joke. It was a good joke. Oh man, this is we. Okay, so I'm act- I, I ran out of all my crazy flavors of Mountain Dew, right? So I'm actually drinking a regular Mountain Dew right now, and I'm just like, this tastes weird. <laughs> this doesn't taste like Mountain Dew. Doesn't taste like this version of Mountain Dew or this version of Mountain Dew or this other version of Mountain Dew. God, what's there was a there's a summer flavor coming out too, isn't it? Why? Summer freeze, I think they're calling it. Why? Summer freeze? Yep. But but but, but, but. this was one of their flavors that you actually had to last year they uh, Mountain Dew opened up a Mountain Dew themed outpost in like the middle of Tennessee. So if you wanted to, you could go out there and try um, apple cinnamon, elderberry, s'mores, huckleberry, summer pop, which is where they're calling summer freeze now, and pickle. Pickle. Yes, there was a pickle flavor out at the outpost. If you, you know, felt the need to drive out to the middle of Tennessee to try pickle Mountain Dew, I was gross. Yes, I was I was not going to drive to Tennessee for that. But so here's my question, Andy. Yes. You weren't going to drive to Tennessee for that. <laughs> if you were driving to Tennessee, would you have stopped for it? Like, it d- oh, you know what? I'll be in Tennessee anyway. I could go like half an hour out of my way. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Okay, so release window is April 24th through June 16th. So in a couple of weeks, should be able to get a, my hands on it. And then the uh, Baja flavors are going to be coming out too. So You, my friend, spend way too much mental energy on Mountain Dew. People got to have hobbies. I guess this is one yep. of mine now. Yep, apparently. <laughs> Somehow it's just one of your hobbies now. Here I am looking at like, I might get into stained glass. That looks fun. And you're like, I want to know about Mountain Dew. Have you, you should go on a tour, Andy, of like a Mountain Dew factory. You mean of like the local bottling place? Because I know exactly where that is. I mean, if there is a local bottling place, sure. But I mean like, where? well, where is Pepsi? I know Coke is in Atlanta. Where's the Pepsi Mountain Dew Factory. Manufactured by PepsiCo. Yep. Canning plant? Is that canning factory? Where is Mountain Dew made? Well, Pepsi is based, it looks like, out of Harrison, New York. Okay, so they have corporate offices in Harrison, New York, uh, Branton, Florida, Miami, Florida, Chicago, Illinois, New York, New York, White Plains, New York, Cincinnati, Ohio, College Station, Texas, Wyattville, Virginia. They As have... of today, more than 100 countries have banned Mountain Dew. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> yep, it looks, okay, global headquarters building on the, from the Donald M. Kendall Sculpture Gardens in Harrison, New York. <laughs> so where is it bottled? Well, it's, it's all, it's just like Coke. They just send the syrup to the local distributor and there's a local it, bottler. Is that? how they do it now yes that's that's always how they've done it huh each region has a bottler 
who basically, yeah, just gets the syrup. And okay, but the- where does the syrup come from? And I'm starting to get like weird slurm vibes off of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. To, not wearing my slurm shirt, but I've got one. I don't know. Where does, let's see. Uh, no, I don't want Pepsi maple syrup flavored. What? <laughs> Ugh. Five to one ratio. No, I don't want to buy a bag of it. I want to know where it's made. Okay, under authority of PepsiCo Purchase New York. Three gallon mix. Recommended storage. How to mix it. Doesn't actually say where it's from. It just says under authority of PepsiCo Incorporated. But I want to know where where does Mountain Dew syrup come from? Andy, I'm not sure we can find out. Hard Mountain Dew. Yes, that is a thing. I'm not sure if um, <laughs> Coca-Cola actually has two syrup manufacturing facilities. Yep, one in Atlanta. Yep. And one, I'm sure it's in a different country. Yes, yes it is. Mexico? Nope. Where? Ireland. Ireland. So yeah. that's weird because they have to, oh, are they in Ireland for tax reasons? <laughs> that would be... <laughs> Did Coke open a syrup-making plant in Ireland because of tax reasons and tax evasion? Well, crap. The Hard Mountain Dew, three of the four flavors are like my favorite. Well, two of the four flavors are my favorite Mountain Dew flavors. And one of them is one that I'm like, I could try that. And then the other one is just Mountain Dew, which is fucking terrible. Yeah. Is, are they available in Michigan yet or no? The Hard Mountain Dew? Yep. Uh, nope. Florida, Tennessee, Iowa, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Yep. Missouri, Minnesota. Minnesota, Virginia. Las Vegas, Ohio, and Illinois. I love that it's specifically Las, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Not, not Nevada. Nope. It is not available in Nevada. Just Las Vegas. It is available solely in Las Vegas. So Dave, what I need you to do yeah. is next time you are... Driving to or from? Yes. <clears throat> Once you, with that time you are driving through Illinois. You that need was to, a week ago. <laughs> well, I shoot. did that a week ago. We missed it by that much. Yep, almost exactly a week ago, because it was last Saturday I drove back. I drove back, I unpacked, and then I did the podcast. Yes, and then you fell asleep afterwards. And then I fell asleep. So I don't know when the next trip will be, Andy, but maybe I'll buy you... Which of the four flavors do you want? I will take any and all. Okay, at the very least, when we drive there for Manistee, I can look at buying this garbage for you. (laughs) I'm also thinking the fact that um, I think we're going to be going... something about transporting alcohol over state lines? If there is, the CCST should have been shut down. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's something about, like, you you are supposed to transport alcohol over state lines. Uh, If you're moving from another state to Wisconsin, you may bring liquor or wine as part of your household goods. If you spend at least 40 hours, it's per state. Uh, Generally not not illegal. Laws do vary by state. In Tennessee, until several years ago, it was a crime to bring in alcohol from other states. As of 2009, the law was overturned. Pennsylvania had them until 2015. However, anyone bringing in alcohol to another state is required to pay Pennsylvania state tax on said alcohol. Well, I'm glad we're not going to Pennsylvania. Colorado, you cannot bring wine into a restaurant, which like, I get that that's a thing for some restaurants, but 
I like I I have not seen that in ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the restaurants that I've gone to, where it's like, yeah, bring wine with you. Like, what in Utah? You must order food before you can order alcohol. There was, I think, it was at Travis Point where they actually had like a section where you could actually store your own wine, <laughs> and then they would charge an opening fee to pour you your own wine. Your own wine, yeah, yep. and like, but that's that's my wine. <laughs> Can, can I just can I just have my wine? No, if you want your wine, we have to open it, and therefore... No, no, I can, I can open it. I see the bottle right there. I can just get up and go get it. That's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. I got it. Hell, you should be paying me. <clears throat> no, that's... Sorry, I'm still trying to figure out where the Pepsi syrup is manufactured. I love uh, that I've sent you on this rabbit hole. I know. That makes me so happy. Uh, da, 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 da. PepsiCo, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia is the main location in the United States, but there are uh, 18 manufacturing plants located in the U.S. And da, 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 that's, uh, it looks like there are 3,900 manufacturing facilities around the world that are producing Pepsi. Nope, nope, never mind. That's wow. wrong. That's wrong. That's definitely that can't wrong. Be right. Yeah, I know that is because then the next question is how many Pepsi bottling plants are there in the world? And then they said there are 648 Pepsi bottling plants in the world. So those 600 Pepsi bottling plants are getting syrup shipments from like 3,000 ship. No. No. I think there are 18 syrup producing fact facilities in the United States. Oh, there are eight. Uh, God, this is a stupidly written page. I feel like this, I, I'm just reading it and I feel like this is made by an AI and it's just. Ah, there we go. Hang on. <laughs> Where are the Pepsi syrup manufacturing plants? I think my login expired. I'll try that again. Where are the Pepsi syrup manufacturing plants in the USA? Some of these manufacturing plants are in Purchase, New York, Plano, Texas, Bradenton, Florida. However, I recommend checking with PepsiCo's official website or contacting their customer service directly. So, Andy, what I need you to do... (laughs) List of plants that you are aware of in a markdown table with state and city. Purchase, Texas, Plano, sorry, Purchase, New York, Plano, Texas, Bradenton, Florida, Urbandale, Iowa, Cincinnati, Ohio, Hayward, California, Bridgeview, Illinois, Bridgeton, Missouri, and Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It also has the plant name if you would like to look those up. There is the Cincinnati Concentrate Plant. Tell me more about the Cincinnati plant. One of the facilities operated by Pepsi United States. The plant is responsible for producing concentrated syrups used to make Pepsi Mountain Dew Sierra Mist. It's been in operation for 30 years, employs a team of experienced professionals. And that's it. Okay, so we've got the name of the plant, right? It's the Cincinnati Concentrate Plant. So, okay, so... We can't find it. <clears throat> Pepsi there we are. Pepsi MEM Cincinnati. That's Pepsi Equipment Services Center. Nope. Try again, Google. Oh, it looks like uh, Pepsi. Here, it's right next to it. Pepsi Ge- Beverages Company. Guess who has a concentrate production facility in Ireland? Pepsi. Yep. Cork County, Ireland. <laughs> for tax reasons. <laughs> it's got to be for tax reasons, right? Opened in 1974. It is managed by Portfolio Concentrate Solutions UC, the legal entity of PepsiCo Ireland. Yeah. Man, that is a rabbit hole. That is that is a deep rabbit hole. 
that I, you know, we still don't know the actual answer to. We have an idea. I I feel like if you are going to be a Mountain Dew fan, reach out to Pepsi corporate customer service and say, I'm a huge Mountain Dew fan. I've made it a goal to like try all of the Mountain Dews that I can. I'm curious about touring one of your syrup production plants. Where are they? (laughs) Can I get a tour? This seems so ridiculous. No, like not not a bottling plant. I understand bottling plants, but concentrate. Bottling is fun. Like that's understood. I want to see like the syrup plant. Yeah. I want to see like the the food scientists who are working on the next Mountain Dew. I do have to say it was actually pretty cool. This is a complete tangent off of this topic, but um, when I was in Boy Scouts. One of the kids in our troop had a dad who was a high-level executive for Domino's. Okay. Yeah. So we had a um we had a leadership retreat where it was like an eight hour thing on some weekend where we got all like the 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 troop leaders and the um God, what were the the subgroups called? Not dens. I don't know. But you know, we got uh, the leadership positions of the Boy Scout troop at the time all into this you know leadership retreat thing, and they held it in um, Monahan's office at Domino's. And while we were there, we also got to see the Domino's touch test kitchen at domino's farms as well we got a, like a little tour of that stuff there and that was like i was more interested in the you know the domino's test kitchen than all this leadership stuff going on there but you know tom's office was just ridiculous he had um tiled floor but it wasn't tile it was actually italian leather tiles what because what yes what it was italian leather tiles i do believe on the floor because he, he felt the the actual you know tile tiles were too hard on his feet and he wanted something softer so so yes, he got Italian leather tiled floors. What? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. I think we can actually segue off of this to a topic. Well, I was going to say real quick before we segue to a topic, you actually do know a product designer at Domino's. I have no idea who you're talking about on this one, so I have no clue. Yep. Well, because you don't know that they are a product designer at Domino's, but you have met someone... <laughs> who currently works at Domino's as a product designer. And in fact, the most most recent, like, Domino's creation, they had, like, these dessert pie things. No, the latest Domino's creation was the tater tots, which um, I tried all of them and was disappointed by all of them across the board. Was it the tater tots? Yes, the tater tots was their latest creation. No, what's the thing that's in the, the, like, aluminum tin? Are you talking like the, 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 well, the aluminum tin is either the pasta or the, are you talking the dessert item? Maybe. God, what was that called? It's like, like that a, looks familiar. Like a lava It was not cake? the loaded tots. At least I don't know that he was responsible for the, oh, it was the dips. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The dips with the, um, with the garlic the, twist. The cheesy marinara dip in the, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. He did those. Yeah, the cheesy it's marinara dip. someone who used to work at Zapzone. Okay, and the five cheese dip as well. Yeah, and I think they had a third dip. <laughs> When he when he announced, he's like, "My stuff is coming out." I'm like, "Dude, that's awesome! How about gluten free?" He's like, "Sorry, no." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, oh, yeah." Okay, sorry. You wanted to to dovetail that into a topic? Yes, because you want to talk about expensive things for ridiculous reasons. Um, so at GDC, um, Zynga Vice President Gemma Doyle 
had a presentation titled Learn How VIP Management Can Change Your Company's Revenue Footprint. Yeah. That's a, wait, who is the VIP? uh, VIP is now the new term for whales. Oh, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. And she, her presentation was on how Zynga handles basically their, you know, whales of their games. Yeah. For, for those of you listening who don't know what a whale is in this context, it is a user who is responsible for a large, disproportionately large amount of the income. Yes. Um, according to her, depending on your game, it can be anywhere between 70% and 90% of all revenue coming from your VIP base. I mean, yeah, it depends on how you define VIP. Yes. I mean, you could just say that, like, the VIPs are everyone who contributes up to the 70% of your, your income. <clears throat> oh, this so yeah, she's, feel she's gross. The, the whole presentation here, and this guy put some quotes in here, is all about um, how, you know, they're handling these <laughs> people who are spending large amounts of money. And, you know, they basically are also talking about how they have done the, the math and figured out who they really, you know, need to contact and when they need to contact them to make sure that they keep their spending high, which I'm just like, and then I read in here that um, Doyle came to the video games from the gambling industry. And I'm just like, yep, there it is. I saw that too. I'm like, yeah, there's, there's her history. There's why. Oh, God, it feels dirty. They have a propensity to pay model that identifies how likely people are to spend money on the game at any given time. They don't use that model to go after the people who most likely to pay, which they claim is like shooting fish in a barrel, but instead they focus on people with a medium (laughs) propensity to pay, but a tendency to pay a lot when they do. And these VIP members have their own account managers, which, yeah, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a casino thing right there. Yeah, people who know you, who know your preferences, your likes, your dislikes. Yeah. Andy, everything you're saying is making me angry and, like, feel dirty. Yep, yeah, yeah. No, the, uh, oh, the, the, there's a stat here that makes me just cringe. The profit margin on their VIP program expenditures, 89.36%. Yeah. 89% profit margin. Yep. Oh, <laughs> that's just, ugh. So yep. in case you're wondering how your free-to-play game is making money, this is how. It's probably not you. Nope. But it's still gross. Yep. There's even a thing here talking about how they, they figured out how to correctly basically, you know, word the emails in case somebody stops playing. Hey, we noticed that you've moved on. Anything we can do to bring you back? If we take the slots genre, for example, there's a lot of proven methodology that says in order to bring a slots player back to a slots game, an email sent to them should include the bells and whistles and feeling that they get when they've won and it ignites them. I want to get back in the game rather than, you know, it makes me feel so freaking dirty. Yep. So, yep, that's that. I saw that one there. I'm just like, oh, that's it's so wrong. But that's. It seems that's what you got to do if you're a free-to-play game is you got to find your whales and you got to cultivate them. But also speaking of lots of money, Super Mario Brothers movie is now the biggest video game adaptation ever. 
That's a lot. Yep, crossed the $500 million mark in the global box office. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Are you going to see it? I probably would. I probably should see it, right? I mean, probably. I should see it too. I have not seen it yet. Oh. I was going to see it and then people were like, well, I've heard mixed things about it. Let's go see Dungeons and Dragons instead. Oh, how was that? Dungeons and Dragons. It was so good. That's what I've heard. I've heard it. That's what I should review. Well, but you haven't seen it. That's not a fair review. No, I I want to see that one as well. I want to see Dungeons and Dragons and I also want to see the Super Mario Brothers movie. So yeah, I'm going to see a movie tomorrow called Suzume or Suzume. Last movie I saw was, oh, Ant-Man. Saw Ant-Man in Quantumania the theaters. Quantumania or The Wasp or the original? Oh, Quantumania. Okay. I I actually still need to see that. Uh, that's probably coming to Disney Plus soon. Uh, I think it's actually, is it on Disney Plus yet? I think it was. Or is it coming super soon to Disney Plus? Ant-Man, Quantumania. April 18th. So like this week. Yeah. I get to watch it later this week. Did you see the uh, the Marvels preview? I did not see the Marvel preview. The, 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 it was a preview for the Marvels, which is the 2023 film about Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. And oh, Pope. and yeah. Oh, I did see that because they, they all they all like are popping around. Switching places. Yep. <clears throat> I'm excited for it. Okay, um, maybe not Disney Plus on the 18th. It looks like it's digital video on demand on April 18th. DVD edition will be released on May 16th. They still haven't announced when it's going to go to Disney Plus. Dang it. You got my hopes up, Andy. Sorry. I, I, I was curious about that. I was like... Digital release. That's normally when they it's on Disney Plus, they say Disney Plus. So that's why I dug into that a little bit more. I wanted to make sure. Didn't want you to show up on Monday and miss SpaceX and Ant Man. <laughs> uh, I would be very sad. <clears throat> Part of me. Um, oh, what was the other movie? Oh, John Wick. I want to <laughs> still need to catch up on the other John Wick movies. I have not seen any of the John Wick movies, and I feel like I should. I watched the first one. The first one was good. Um, have not seen the second or the third, and now the fourth one has come out, and it's just like, oh. Yeah, but yeah, Super Mario Brothers movie made a lot. Mm-hmm. Topping Warcraft, topping Detective Pikachu. Well, speaking of a lot of money. In the works for, hang on, wait a minute, wait a minute. I take issue with this. Super Mario Brothers movie was produced by Universal Illumination and Nintendo and has been in the works for decades. 30 years ago, the other Mario Brothers movie came out and destroyed video game movies for 25 years. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Nintendo was not working on a Super Mario Brothers movie for the last decades. Yeah, I'm trying to read this here. (laughs) Okay. Nintendo had zero involvement in the movie back then. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, uh, if you're trying to make a Super Mario Brothers movie, you kind of need to get Nintendo involved. Yep. Okay, in 2014, leaked emails revealed Sony had spent years negotiating to acquire the film rights, but the deal never materialized. Right. So don't tell me it's like calling it in production for decades. That no, it, is... was, it, it was people trying to get the rights, basically. Right. So, yes, no, it wasn't in production. There were people who were trying to get a contract signed for decades, which would make sense. <clears throat> but, of course, Nintendo the entire time is just going, no, no, no. See example A, no. <laughs> example A being the last one that we did. So speaking of rights and lots of money and all that other fun stuff, mm-hmm. Sega is looking to buy... Rovio for $1 billion. $1 billion. 
the hell is Rovio? No, that's that's Angry Birds. Yes. Rovio is Angry Birds. Why are they trying to buy them for a billion dollars? Is that even still like, are they still valued that high? What have they made in the last like five years besides the movie, which was fucking terrible? There have been two movies. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to point out that there were actually two movies, which if you didn't even know the second movie existed, that's was that's how bad it was. Right. So like do the, do, does Sega feel like they're worth a billion dollars? Does Rovio think they're worth a billion dollars? Okay, so these <laughs> are the games that they have made since two thousand and nine. Okay. This is their entire catalog since two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. Angry Birds, Angry Birds Seasons, Angry Birds Rio, Angry Birds Space, Amazing Alex, Bad Piggies, Angry Birds Star Wars, The Croods, Angry Birds Friends, Angry Birds Star Wars 2, Angry Birds Go, Angry Birds Epic, Angry Birds Stella, Angry Birds Transformers, Selfie Slam, Retry, Angry Birds Pop, Angry Birds 2, Nibblers, Love Rocks starring Shakira, Angry Birds Fight, Angry Birds Action, Angry Birds at, uh, Blast, Battle Bay, Angry Birds Evolution, Angry Birds Match, Angry Birds Dream Blast, Angry Birds VR AR Isle of Pigs, Sugar Blast, Small Town Murders, Angry Birds Reloaded, Angry Birds Journey, Rovio Classics, Angry Birds. Yeah. <laughs> so Angry Birds, Angry Birds, Angry Birds, Small Town Murders. What? what? And then more Angry Birds. And then more Angry Birds. Isn't Small Town Murders like a, like a, a murder mystery TV show? Small Town Murder. Okay, what? I swear that's something my parents have watched. All right, let's see. Rovio. <clears throat> okay. It looks like it. Uh, Small Town Murders. What does it look like? Oh, it's a match three game. It looks like it's a match three game and you match things to get evidence and you use the evidence to build a case and solve the murder. Okay. By the way, I showed my parents Number Match, the, the like make 10 game. Yes. They love it. Well, that's good. Absolutely love it. But yes, it seems like they have been Angry Birds and just Angry Birds and there are one, two, <laughs> three, three current Angry Birds TV series going on right now. I mean, if if I go to the Play Store and I go to games, how far down do I have to go before I get to an Angry Birds? Top rated games. That's six, nine, twelve, nope, fifteen, eighteen, twenty-one, twenty-four. I don't see Angry Birds in the top thirty of top rated games. <laughs> Like I any love Angry Birds, not I just, love that not just t- the Angry Birds, but like any of them. Two, two of the comments on this article are one, Sega has a billion dollars, question mark. And number two, <laughs> Rovio is worth a billion dollars, question mark. Right, that's what I want to know. Like Sega, I can understand. They're still doing stuff. They're not making games, but what? <laughs> if Sega waits another six months, they can make the same purchase for a can of Pepsi and a stick of gum. <laughs> Well, that was the thing. I'm not sure if we actually talked about this, but there was a couple of weeks ago, there was, Rovio was in the news about something to do with their, one of their Angry Birds games. I think it was uh, Rovio Classics, Angry Birds. Like, if I remember correctly, they actually pulled it from the Play Store. Why? What? Like, I, yeah, I'm trying to find this out. Okay, the, they had pulled the game and renamed it. Why, okay, let's see. Why was it? 
The classic version of Angry Birds is being delisted from Google Play, but renamed on the App Store. Okay, because the Rovio Classics versions of the game was a $1 one-time purchase. Back to that I'm whole free, sure. yeah, back sure. to that free-to-play games. So that's, <clears throat> that could be it. So yeah, so we'll see if that actually goes through. And if it does, it's, uh, I agree with you. It's what and why. <laughs> so like usually, usually when a company buys another company, they're trying to get something out of it. And like, does, does Sega just want the Angry Birds IP and they're willing to drop a billion dollars for it? Well, wait, Ro- isn't Rovio publicly traded now or no? I th- don't know. Yep, publicly traded. Isn't it a Swedish company? Um, Finnish. Finnish. Rovio Entertainment, OYJ. Well, something happened six months ago, three months ago. At its IPO, it was eleven fifty a share. At its lowest point, it was three thirty-three a share. <clears throat> I don't get it, Andy. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'm still trying to read all the articles, and nobody is giving any reason yeah. why. So wait a minute. So here, the, Rovio's market cap is six hundred and forty-six million. That's if you take the price per share and multiply it by all the shares. And Sega is offering a billion dollars? I don't know. I just, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. Which, we do have to say, this is all speculation. Nothing has been officially stated. So, we'll just have to find out next week if this is an actual thing, or if somebody pulled the fast one over on the Wall Street Journal, because that would have been hilarious. That would be absolutely freaking hilarious. Okay. Um, Russian intelligence, probably on Discord. Yep. And other video game networks. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Nope. I'm sure the Chinese are doing the same thing. And honestly, I'm sure we're doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. No, I don't doubt it. The voice of America (laughs) is not really the main... Yeah. You know, entry point into China anymore. Especially with like this, um, this, the, the government documents, the top secret military documents that were leaked on Discord. It just happens that game communities are a good place for them to get the information into circulation and ultimately journalists find it. He's, is what Microsoft said. Yep. So, yep. No, that makes sense. They're going to try every avenue of attack. Yep. So two things that are coming out handheld-wise. Mm-hmm. One, Microsoft is going to look at making a Windows handheld mode. Hmm. What what does Windows handheld mode look like? Well, there's still it's still a proof of concept. Okay. But So it's really just Windows for the Steam Deck. Pretty much, yes. So rather than your Steam Deck running Linux, it could run Windows, which will definitely increase the amount of game compatibility. I mean, it already runs a Windows emulator for those games. Yes-ish. So they're, you know, that's a, it's a proof of concept they're dealing with it. Sony, though, um, <clears throat> Insider Gaming says that Sony is going to come out with a new PlayStation handheld. Oh, really? Yes. They're calling it right now, the code name is the Q-Lite. Huh. But it's not a cloud streaming device. It uses remote play with the PlayStation 5. How is that not a... I mean, the cloud is someone else's computer. Yes. Well, this is your computer. This is your computer, yes. Well, not even your computer. This is your PlayStation 5. That's a computer. Yes. So this is this is a way to... How... But, <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope you have a fast network. So does this mean that, well, granted, I don't really know because this hasn't been officially announced, but, oh, sporting adaptive streaming up to 1080p and 60 frames per second, the new device will require constant connectivity to the internet. Yeah. Well, that's a cloud streaming device then. Yeah, it's just they aren't <laughs> doing the servers. It's just it's your own computer that needs to be connected to the internet as well. So you need to buy this and a PlayStation 5 and have good internet. Just so you don't have to be in front of your TV to play your PlayStation 5. Yeah. Yeah. This, this person says, this person's, I'm, I'm scrolling through the comments and someone said, that's not a handheld console. It's a PS5 peripheral and it will sell about five of them before they drop the support. <laughs> that, yeah. No one wants this. It sounds like an insult to handheld gamers. Yep. That, um, this would be interesting to see, but yeah, no, this is very niche and it's a Sony product, so it's probably going to cost too much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Should we hit the randoms? Sure. Are we there already? Yes. Yes, we are. Well, I believe it is my review. Yes, it is. And I need to go recover the link that I sent to you so that I can just pull that back up. There it is. I'm reviewing the 20-piece DIY mag magnetic hooks. So how big are these hooks? Not very, but they've been the thing that you've been hearing me clicking around with during the episode. Because, like, it, I, I have a thing on my desk and I'm going to play with it. Oh, because, um, yeah, you have that giant metal desk, don't you? That's I have a giant metal desk, and so now I've got hooks that I can put on my giant metal desk. Um, hang on, I lost the headphones. Thing. Oh man, if only I had a hook that could like catch the cord so that it doesn't fall to the floor. <laughs> Ta-da! I have a hook now. Um, so I bought this. It's it's like the cheapest one out there. And oh my god, are they cheap? Um, it was a twenty pack for twelve bucks. <laughs> they are tiny. These are not big hooks. They are about an inch from the base. To the edge of the hook, um, they're pretty strong. Like they, they aren't just falling off if you've got them upside down. Well, they are ne- definitely neodymium, so they they right, do have. They're they're strong magnets, um, but they're strong in direct opposition. Right? If it's if the the sliding force is a lot lower. Yep, as that's how you get magnets. Off. I, I mean, that's yeah. Right, and in fact, they they have that in the material in the like advertisements. They're like it's eight pounds of force in this direction and 25 pounds of force in this direction. (laughs) I don't know how much force it takes. I do know that like their pictures are dumb and the size is totally not the right size. And like the scale just does not work. I'm not hanging a mug from this hook. I have a mug here. I I actually legit have a mug right here. Could I hang a mug? Yeah, I wouldn't trust that. It's just going to roll right off the hook. The hook is definitely not big enough to support a mug. Um, Yeah, no, that's not a thing. I don't think it's actually doing 25 pounds. But for hanging little things, uh, it works great. And for having something that I can put on my metal desk and use to, like, guide wires is pretty fun. Um, I'm going to be taking one into work because we... Okay, here's the real reason I bought this. Are you ready for this? This is so, so stupid. We have a coffee machine at work. In fact, we have many coffee machines. Every break room has a coffee machine. Huge coffee machine. I mean, it it's not making, like, a cup or four cups. It's making, like, gotta be a half a gallon of coffee. 
Okay. Um, and the, the packets of coffee, which are sizable packets, are stored in the drawer. And these scissors are required because, like, you don't want to bite it open because other people are drinking this and it's coffee grounds. So there's scissors in there to cut the packet open. But the scissors migrate. They move around the room. And I would like to put the scissors and hang them from the machine. That's what I bought the hooks for, was so that I could hang a pair of scissors on the coffee machine so that it is easier to know where the scissors are. Okay. <laughs> and they do a fantastic job for that. <clears throat> I'm looking actually at this another um, neodymium magnet thing on Amazon. And these are bigger magnets. There's only 10 of them. They can handle um, tw- uh, 27 pounds horizontal. Mm-hmm. But they look to be the same exact size of your magnets. So I'm just like that. I have a feeling they are the same exact magnet. Yeah. This this has like all the hallmarks of mass produced, like cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. probably the same magnets. <laughs> Customer review, not at all strong. <laughs> Certainly not like 27 pounds strong. 27 pounds. Andy, how much does Megan weigh? Uh, 30-something pounds, I think. So, like, two of these magnets should be able to hold her. I don't think so. Yeah, that's not happening. That's that's not a thing. I was going to look up the exact number because we've got a spreadsheet. Of course we do. But um, my Google Drive is currently filled with all of my work stuff. that, And so um, everything has gone um, a little cluttered. Okay. Yeah. I would not recommend... Uh, oh, my God. These pictures are so bad. Yes. These pictures are so bad if you scroll down on the web page, on the, the Amazon store page. Like, so clearly photoshopped. Yeah, this dude standing at a grill with two women in a hammock behind him. I'm not sure what the hammock is tied to and you've got a metal hook off of the side of the grill well first off the grill's not deep enough to actually be a grill it's actually just a table second off no way in hell are these magnets that big and let's not even talk about the wooden trivet in the main image that somehow is the page somehow is being held up by this hook yeah i <laughs> That like man, that is a tiny mug in that picture, given the size of these magnets. That is a tiny ass mug. Yep, that's so don't believe any of the pictures. They do work for what they, they are for, which is like these tiny little hangers. Scissors. Yep. Like hang scissors from them. Cool. Hang a pen on a string from one of them. Awesome. That's on the side of our fridge. We have a pen that's hanging from a string that's tied to the hook. But like don't don't think of these as magic. A lot of these people are saying that they use them on cruises because the walls are metal Mm -hmm. and they can hang things like hats and other things like that. That would be great. Yep. Yep. So there's an idea. (laughs) Can't even hold up string lights. They could, these could hold up string lights. All right. There is Dave's review. Let me add that to the topic list. While I am doing that, the uh, random topic rolled ahead of time. Why is Dave mailing all of his grass clippings to Andy? Okay, first off, is that something that is mailable? Uh, I don't see why not. Uh, Let's see, organic materials, uh, USPS... Organic materials. Let's see. Okay, let's see if it's on the hazardous material table. I mean, it's biological. Like, okay, non mailable plants. Nope. Any injured animal, any plant pest, or any fish or wildlife. So it's not. Okay, so 
how like well first off it's it, we just got out of winter so i'm not mailing you anything yeah unless you were storing all your grass clippings to mail me that would just be weird well, that would be i mean this whole premise is weird to begin with okay here we go here we go this could be your problem here is any matter that is a source of an obnoxious order odor is non-mailable so if they grass don't clippings pretty obnoxious it would start rotting yes so if if it starts to smell bad the post office has entirely in their rules to say we will not mail this so i need to pack it really well yes and put it in insulation yes i mean i guess so if you needed stuff for like because you do composting yes but i have plenty of grass and leaves on my own i i've got more than enough i think i've got sorry I think I've got seven bags of leaves, like the big, you know, the big paper bags that you put on the curb. I think I've got seven of those right now, just full of leaves. And it's not even like, you know, the full leaves. Like we've got, we've got a big leaf shredder, which I think I've reviewed on this podcast. Um, so it, those are pretty compact and full of leaves. So I do not need any sort of compostable material. But maybe I want you to compost my stuff for me. Maybe this is in retaliation. Maybe you sent me something. You sent me a bunch of oak tree leaves. <laughs> and I'm like, well, fine. If you're going to do that. Here's, here's a box Daffy full Duck. of grass of clippings. Of course, you know this means war. All right. So hold on. Grass clippings. Wait. Okay. So <clears throat> grass clippings compacted are 650 pounds a cubic yard. Yeah, but a cubic yard is a lot. I know, but I'm just, of you know. compacted grass clippings? I, I'm just trying to find a density measurement here. Okay. Yeah. So 650 pounds per cubic yard. Uh-huh. What is the size of the flat rate box? Largest. Someone did a, a study that you cannot exceed the flat rate box's weight. Oh, based off of their size? Yeah, that if you packed it with tungsten, if you just got a custom cut block of tungsten <laughs> the size of the box, it would not exceed the weight limit of the box. That's funny. Okay, so calculate a price. View flat rate boxes. Ugh, really? I don't want to. I just want to see the size of the flat rate boxes. Okay, the largest flat rate box is the large flat rate box. Thanks. Uh, Inside 24 by 12 by 3. So 24 by 12 by 3, 864 cubic inches. 64 cubic inches, 2 cubic yards. 0.0185 0.0185 cubic yards. Yep. 650 times 0.0185. 12 pounds. You could fit 12 pounds of grass clippings. Of compressed in, grass clippings. Into a box. Okay. And that 12 pounds would cost you $22.80 to ship. This is a horrible idea all around. Five boxes is 110 bucks. <laughs> And is 60 pounds of grass clippings. So what are you going to do, Andy, when 60 pounds of grass clippings show up at your door? I'm going to hold on to them until Man is Steep. <laughs> and then I'm going to put them back in your car. I'm going to, you know, seal them up all nice and tight. Yes. And just leave them out in the sun. And then when it's so time... So they ferment on the inside yes. of the box? Yes. And then when it's time... Come to Manistee. I'll just wait until some point. Get your car keys. Cut the boxes open, and then put them back into your car. <laughs> All right. Well, 
That's my plan. That's fine. I'm sticking to it. That's fine because Andy, my friend. Yes. I usually leave Manistee first. That's true. And driving back to Madison, Kalamazoo isn't too far out of the way. <laughs> So these special boxes of brass clippings that you have prepared so delicately would literally just may end just up. end up in your backyard. <laughs> Except that the boxes are already open, so it would be a shame if, like, as I'm carrying them, I drop them, they spill, it goes all over the place. It's, it's just the, <laughs> it's the opposite of the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I mean, depending on when we do this, like, if I sent it to you immediately after Manistee, you have to wait a year. And at Mm -hmm. that point, it probably doesn't actually smell that funky. It's probably just dirt. Probably, yep. So, um, yeah, this this just keeps... I I don't know. I think the only way I, I pull this off is if it's some sort of revenge thing. And I don't see Andy doing anything that would... Also, it's expensive! Hundred bucks? Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, this is, this is just a nope all around. It's a big nope. Yep. And on that note, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.com. Thank you for listening.